listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadal and Will Watkins. Hey everybody, welcome to Zeros on Heroes. I'm Mike Mercadal. With me as always is... Will Watkins. First Thank of all, it's not as always because you did oh, have an right. episode without me. So. You know what? As always, we wanted you to be a part of it. <laughs> Uh, no, we, uh, we, last time we did, uh, an interesting show with, uh, Nary when I was out uh, traveling and we tried to get you on the phone, but you were busy. Yeah. And, uh, big time in us with his dog walking. That's Ooh. what it was. Yeah. Oh. Good. Good. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun episode, last episode with us. This week we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Jay Risk. Say what's up. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm pretty humbled to be here. Oh, yeah. The auspicious, <laughs> the, the beautiful surroundings. Uh, but no, thank you. You're a comedian also, and uh, you're down in South Florida, from from South Florida, or living in South Florida now. Where are you from originally? Um, New Jersey, actually. You're from Jersey. So w- how long have you been down there, and have you acclimated to Florida already? <laughs> I moved down there when I was about 22. I'm 35 now. I still i am not used to the people yet. So uh, No, you never get used to the people, Florida yeah. people. And every time you think you get used to Florida people, they do Florida people things, and yeah, you're like, well, yes. all right. We are ever-changing. Ever-changing, but yeah. So uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks for being uh, on Zeros on Heroes. You picked an interesting guest that we're going to get to, an interesting hero that we're going to get to uh, shortly. But first, Hero News. Hero News. That's always a uh, – it's always uh, – you got to put a different spin on it like every time. change it up a little bit. A little bit, bit yeah. I felt a little more soul in that one than the yeah, other one. There's a little uh, vibrato in there. Did you hear the vibrato? <laughs> so weird. Uh, I got a cool, couple cool things. Uh, just breaking right now is actually uh, Ron Perlman has been cast in the Harry Potter spinoff. Ron Perlman? Yeah, Ron Perlman. Uh, the uh, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Him. Uh, it's a spinoff. It's actually a prequel to the Harry Potter book. Yeah, I've seen. I've I've read that version of that book. I mean, I read all the Harry Potter books, and I I have a version of uh, that rare beast and where to find them or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, that that was an actual book that they released, and there is kind of like a storyline that goes through it. I'm just oh, curious yeah. to see how how and, that's going to uh, work itself like it out. Take, it takes place in America. I think it actually takes place in New York City. A lot of it takes place in America, or the story that they've written for it, because it's really just a textbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a textbook of things, and and you can tell which of the beasts or monsters or whatever that they are going to focus on, because they would put like some animals had like. A three sentence entry, and then someone had yeah, a paragraph yeah. and a story. It's yeah. like, yeah, we get it. this is the one that you want us to talk about. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna play a goblin, which is really weird because in the in the books the goblins are very small, small. Tiny, yeah, played by and, played by little people and Hellboy. Yeah, not, right. He's a he's a giant giant dude. You think it's gonna be a CG character like Gollum? No, I think they could do it like they did with uh with the in the movies. I mean, in the, in the movies, like uh, they just put prosthetics on him. But he's gonna be giant. It's. I think they could do like a, maybe a force perspective type thing, or they get a just, like a, like the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, or maybe they'll just have him like down on his knees or whatever it is. No, you can't have Ron Perlman down on his knees like that. <laughs> that would just look ridiculous. It's Harry Potter. <laughs> that, do you did you read any of the Harry Potter books or see, you see the movies? Some of the movies I'm guilty of not reading the books. I'm I'm sorry. I don't no. I don't give a shit. I think I only read the, the last three books. <laughs> I read all of them. I went through. I, at one point, I'd seen the movies. I got into it because of the, my little brothers. Okay. They were they they 
I recommend everybody watch the first three movies back to back. If you're going to watch, if you're not going to read the books and watch, just watch the movies. Watch the first three like back to back because they're like the most little kitty ones, and then yeah. the third one gets cool. Yeah. Then give it a minute. Watch the fourth one. Give it a minute. Watch the fifth one. You know, like go in order. But the first three, that's how I did it. Yeah. Watch the first two we at my brother's house, at my dad's house, and my little brother's. And then we went to watch the third one in the theater. And I was like, great. I skipped all the little kid shit. Yeah. You know? It was oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think I started, uh, I only saw the first Harry Potter one I saw in the theater was uh, was the Goblet of Fire. And that's where, where like Cedric Diggory died. And it was like, oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Shit. <laughs> also, Luke uh, is the son of Darth Vader. And uh, I don't know if anybody's. Fucking what? Giant ass. All right, cool. Uh, next one we got here. Got a couple things. Uh, they did solidify The Incredibles is going to have a sequel. Also, uh, this is all because of New York Comic Con. A lot of things are getting announced. A lot of things are dropping. Because this is uh, New York Comic Con's happening right now. Uh, Marvel's actually announcing uh, three more movies uh, in 2020. Unnamed. Unnamed. They didn't name them. And they said that Guardian, uh, Ant-Man's getting a sequel. Ant-Man's getting a sequel. It's going to be called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant- it's going to be called Ant-Man and Ant-Man the Wasp? Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, that's going to be cool. Yeah, so he gets to see Evangeline uh, Lilly uh, suit up in that kind of uh, suit that uh, he had at the end of Ant-Man. So, uh, yeah, yeah the sheet that, that they showed yeah, in, the, yeah, yeah. in the stinger. In the, it was like, this, this. I was going to give this to your mom, but she died. What a bitch. Yeah, and then she's like, and then the, they show her like, hey, we're going to want you to be on this thing. And she's like, finally. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, all right. So yeah, they got that coming out. That's pretty good. Uh, what else? Oh, Jessica Jones. Did you see the new trailer today? I have not seen the new trailer today. It's been a busy. little creepy. Really? Little it's creepy. got a it's got, it's got a dark edge to it. Yeah, I hope so. It's because uh, have you seen the other ones? The other two? The, I saw the one that tells us nothing. That it's literally just like <laughs> where she like smashes the, the alarm clock. <laughs> no, it was like nothing. It was literally just like a, a fly oh, through. There were uh, two other because they're doing like little tiny like te- actual. I think they actually just filmed scenes to be teasers. The first one they had was, like, you see, like, all these, like, alcohol bottles all over the floor of a bedroom. Right. And you see, like, Jessica Jones, like, lying in the bed, like, face down in the bed. And the alarm clock goes off, you know, playing some stupid song from the 70s or whatever it is. And then she, like, hits the alarm clock, but she's super strength, so just smashes the alarm clock. Right. I don't know enough about... I gotta research some Jessica Jones. She, I don't know enough about her. generic superpowers, super strength thing. I, I, I don't know her story, you know? Yeah, she was just like a B-level, and not even B-level, D-level superhero that, like, they turn into a detective in the comics. And, and she uses her superpowers. And she hooked up with, like, Luke Cage and right. one hmm. of all the heroes. Uh, but the the next one after that was pretty cool. Was uh, There was a little scene where she, like, beat up a bunch of dudes in a bar. But you don't see the, the, her beating people up. She's just, like, walking through all these, like, bodies lying on the floor. She takes a shot, throws it down, because she's like an alcoholic in the comic books. And right, right, right. Apparently in the show, too. And uh, so also, the one just released today was uh, Purple Man, who was David Tennant. Uh, you know David Tennant? Yeah, Dr. David who. Tennant. And uh, he's playing the, the villain, basically, in the Jessica Jones series. And it's like this creepy voiceover, and it's very ominous and a little spooky. A little spooky. I'm all for, I'm all for the spooky. Yeah. Jay, you're awfully quiet. Are you not into the... Nerd things? No. See, nerd things are awesome. I grew up with comic books. Loved them. But then I went through a phase um, where I wasn't getting many comic books, and I kind of fell out of it uh, for many different reasons. Big into – I'm really big into space itself. That's my – that's where I nerd out. Oh, like the new – like the whole mapping Pluto and all that shit? Yeah, like that. that's where I nerd out. That's totally – Yeah, I love that shit too. So, I mean, uh, as far as as following comic books, I mean, I had – you know, uh, Silver Surfer 50th Anniversary Edition. I have, Ooh. you know, all the old Richie Riches. 
You know, Richie, like that. man, that was Dude, Richie Rich. Yeah, Silver yeah. Surfer to Richie no, well, Rich. Yeah, I mean, I used to collect the oldies but goodies, and actually, when I used to sweep a uh, comic book floor. For money, I was like nine. A comic book shop? Yeah, comic book nice. shop. And, uh, That's a sweet gig for a... Uh, dude, for, it was great. And one, the owner, actually, I had original Stanley cell drawings. Get the fuck out of here. No. Wow, and, yeah, well, that went with my divorce because I needed money. So that was pawn shop, dude. It was $50 they gave me for that thing. You pawned that do did it. you do do you i hope you like whip yourself at home later for that shit i literally regret it every day oh my <laughs> god <laughs> <Yeah>. brutal <laughs> that sucks yeah you're uh, you gotta get the <laughs> fuck out of here man Dude, it's so bad. <laughs> bullshit no that's that's i mean i i understand how that could be like in the moment you're like oh, i gotta get it but then in the like because there's stuff that i had when i was a kid i used to have all of the original Robotech, remember the the that show Robotech where the planes turn into giant robots? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had that with all of the little bits and pieces that came, the guns and all that stuff that came with it. And then I had forget about Star Wars toys. Everyone has had their parents throw away their Star Wars. My mom threw away my Star Wars toys. Yeah, yeah. Ah, these are whatever. I had the millenn- the big plastic Millennium Falcon. Oh, I had the carrying case. I had the, the the one that looks like Darth Vader. I had the one that looks like C three PO that opens up. I had all of that shit. And then now I'm like, God. <laughs> God damn it. But whatever. I mean, that, all of that, there's going to be a ton of news coming out from New York Comic Con that's going to yeah. be. It's basically just starting now. So, like, we'll have a, we'll have a good week's worth. Uh, yeah, next, we'll have next week. Next we'll have plenty. Episode. Right. What do you got going on now? What else? What else you got here? News? No, we, we know. Uh, no, it's basically. I mean, we missed a lot of stuff. I mean, the, uh, the Arrow uh, new se- uh, season premiere last night. I didn't get to check it out. But uh, The Flash was on uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, whatever. I uh, saw that. That was a great premiere episode. That was the premiere? How was the premiere? It was good, man. Yeah? It was good. It, 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 like, it doesn't start right when... It, you saw the season finale in the last The year. big portal. Yeah. It doesn't the start like, where he's like fighting the portal or whatever. It like starts like a couple months later. And they, they just do they break down what happened? And they do like flashbacks on why... like. The Flash, you know, uh, Barry is having all these issues, and he's alienated himself from the rest of the team. And so uh, you, you find out what happens by the end of the episode. But it's like, all right, interesting. I'm glad they didn't just go straight into it. Interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. I like it. I, I like that show. The structure of that show. Do you yeah. watch? What are you watching now, Jay? Is there anything that you're that you're that you're like religious about? Religious about church? Uh, not yet. Yeah, church. church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, um, right now I'm actually not watching too much television. I'm I'm big into reading now. Um, Nerd. Yeah, I know. Yeah, poor reading. But uh, yeah, just picked up a whole bunch of different books and uh, went a reading binge. So it's uh, what are you reading? I, I, we read books here too. Oh man, it sounds so boring and cliche. A lot of comedy theory. Um, a lot of different uh, stories from different uh, comedians. A lot of different. Um, Math equations to yes. comedy, yeah. Math equations, equations to, to comedy. comedy? What's yeah. the name of this book so I can well, not buy it? Yeah, well, there, there, there's several different. Uh, one of them is actually uh, not so equationy. It's called the Humor Code. It's pretty neat. Humor where, uh, Code. Well, I've yeah, heard that before. Yeah, the oh, Humor that's Code. That's where uh, that guy goes around Italy and finds all these clues about how to be funny. Uh, with the Jesus's uh, daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and it turns out George Carlin was actually Jesus. Right, yeah. the whole time. He was the last scion. And know? then he takes Bill and Ted into the future with a phone booth. <laughs> Yee! How many things did we just pull into that Yee! one thing? 
Fucking George Carlin, man. Six degrees of George Carlin. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, interesting. I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff. There's too much. I just started watching. Also, there's, I just, there's like a bunch of shows that I just started watching that I caught. Because uh, I started doing the on-demand thing because I, I don't want to download anything or torrent any TV shows anymore. Like, There's so many things there that I haven't seen. I tried to start watching Fear the Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. And I was like, hey. I heard it, it's super boring the first couple episodes. And then right. it's like starting now to pick up. Right. Like it ends. Like I'm like, why do why don't they just start being good from yeah. the beginning? Like just uh, you could see what they're building towards. And the whole time I was like, I'll get to it when it's done. You know, yeah. I'll catch up later. Yeah. And But I, st- I watched the first episode of Blind Spot, the pilot of Blind Spot, oh, where yeah, that girl wakes Jamie up. Alexander. Yeah, Lady Sif, that she's uh, she's she wakes up covered in tattoos. Seems to be a standard kind of born identity, uh, amnesia situation, but with memento flavorings yeah. a little sprinkled in and, and maybe some FBI, uh, like, uh, um, conspiracy, like, like, like procedural yeah. shit sprinkled in. You know what's in. funny, though? Like, yeah, like, she wakes up in the middle of, like, Times Square or whatever. If she woke up in Key West, she'd be like, ah, I guess that was just, yeah. I got drunk and got some tattoos, I guess. Yeah, the first time I, I saw that, I, I was thinking of CSI meets Miami Inc. Yeah. And that's yeah. CSI Miami Inc. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I, guess, uh, I guess I got some weird things on my body now. All right. Well, the thing is, is that she, they, the way they explained the amnesia was that she was dosed with this heavy drug. And I'm, and I was just like, what? <laughs> like, so there was a lot of like, I'm gonna take this uh, with a grain of salt, and it was a fun show, but whatever. And then I haven't really gotten into, what I have really gotten into is the Muppets. The Muppets is the funniest show I've seen. <laughs> Did you just recently. ask the question, what shows have you been watching, so you could tell everybody <laughs> about the Muppets? No, so I could start a conversation <laughs> on our fucking podcast. <laughs> With our guest, you asshole. Waka, waka, waka. No, but if you had been watching The Muppets, that shit would have been on point. But Jay dropped the ball by not watching The Muppets. I just, well, hey, I, I'm not, I, I haven't seen the show yet, but as far as the movies go, The Great Muppet Caper, one of the funniest movies you'll ever meet. And the, my favorite line is when they're going in to get that diamond and they finally, uh, someone needs mustard and paper towels. What? And they go over, yeah. And they're like, hey, man, maybe you left it in your other pants. And the guy, the drummer goes, man, I ain't got no other pants. The drummer. And it's like my favorite like, line. Dr. Teeth and the Electric yeah, Mayhem. Exactly. The band. It's my favorite line. The man, Mupp- I ain't got no other pants. The Mu- <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, what? The Muppets, the show The Muppets on ABC right now is essentially 30 Rock for Miss Piggy's show. Like, it's literally, uh, I don't want to say like Kermit's Liz Lemon. and uh, I don't draw the comparison, but like, it's literally, The Muppets are real. Miss Piggy has a late night talk show and she has guests on. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem are the band, and it's on fucking point. It's an adult show. Wow. I'm gonna, yeah, literally I'm gonna, I'm gonna an watch adult show. Like, like one of the jokes was Fozzie Bear driving. It's almost like a talking head situation where, they, where he's like uh, dating a girl, and it's like, there's like a, they're an interspecies relationship, and the, they're meeting the girl's parents for the first time, and they're like, what if you guys have kids? What, is he going to poop in the woods? And then Fozzie's like... Uh, that's a that's a stereotype. Like like getting in like it's he's he's even there like in the car he's driving he's like yeah when you put uh, on your dating profile when it says you're a passionate bear looking for love you're getting a lot of different you get a lot of wrong responses. <laughs> We're like flat out like Pepe the prawn you know that yeah. my favorite that the, he's my favorite new Muppet. He makes a joke about like uh, calling a guy handsome and he's like no but and then everyone looks at him funny he's like what. He's a good-looking man, and gen- and sexuality is gender fluid. Blah blah blah. Like they're making a, a lot of adult jokes, and it's four times an episode at least. I'm laughing out loud. Wow. My uh, my favorite joke actually comes from Pepe. 
And it was, uh, it was actually, uh, there used to be, he used to have a duo with uh, an elephant named Seymour. And I think that's who it was. It was some sort of weird giant puppet. But he goes, uh, it, it, they, they, would, they would come out and be like, Hey, I'm Seymour. I'm Pepe. We're two of a kind. I'm a little bit forward and I got a big behind. Yeah, man. And they would do that. And then one of them goes, uh, Hey, Seymour. Hey, Pepe. What do you call it? Uh, <laughs> what do you call an elephant mixed with a rhino? Elefino! It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, as like an eight year old, I was like, this is hilarious. It's so funny. Like, like, uh, it's amazing the nostalgia bomb on the Muppets, but it's like that, it gives you that in where like, fuck, it's Kermit. It's fucking Fozzie, yeah. you know, like talking and, and doing shit. So I mean, has, I'm on board. It, it's that nostalgia thing. Like, everybody nowadays is all about nostalgia. That's why there's so many reboots yeah. and remakes and whatnot. I don't think that has to do with like the Harry Potter thing. Like you said, the first couple ones were for kids. And then by the time like the the final one came out, those kids were adults. Yeah, followed them age wise. Yeah. Literally, like there was people who were like, "Yeah, that's why I I I missed. I wish I was the age for Harry Potter. I wish I had been yeah, the right yeah, age for Harry I would Potter. All be, yeah, I would be. Because it would have been. It's like that. I I fully understand. Like I'm jealous of those kids that had were into Harry Potter because like the whole I was thing. into Star yeah. Wars. Right. But like Star Wars, years be, later, decade yeah. later, you know. So if like Harry Potter came out when I was a kid, I'd be fucking yeah, it would be would have been like a motherfucker. Be amazing. It's funny that you talk about nostalgia, and it's funny that our last episode was I Love Lucy, leading into our and you just talked about talk shows, and I just talked about late night talk shows because our <laughs> guest, which it really isn't a spoil, like we can't really surprise people because it's written right yeah, now. It's literally, our the... hero of the episode is uh, our, this episode's <laughs> hero is Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah. Jay uh, picked Johnny Carson. So let's start with the question we ask every every episode. What is uh, Johnny Carson? What's the first thing you think of when you think of Johnny Carson? I greatness. <laughs> yeah, I know that sounds it's vague. Weird. It's, it's vague, really but, vague, but immediately it's really vague. But it encompasses everything because if you want to be somebody in broadcasting, you want to be somebody in comedy, you want to be somebody in sketch, you want to be known, you want to be in the bright lights. You are Johnny Carson, and that is greatness. You're trying. Your your basic your goal is to be Johnny Carson, eventually. Like the well, I say I, I the first thing I think of when I think of Johnny Carson that greatness. Everyone knows what you're talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if the, when you say greatness, literally, I even like younger kids now, maybe not, but for the time, he owned television oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. He owned television where everybody back was only like three networks. So I was like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it was like, I was, so you told us we were going to do, 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 I want to rewind and use words that make sense. (laughs) You told us we were going to be doing, yeah, (laughs) you told us we were going to be doing Johnny Carson uh, today and I was like, all right. And I went online, I was just kind of reading up on him and stuff like that. You know, maybe there's something I had forgotten about him. And then also, and then suddenly it was just like, I'm just go down this YouTube black hole, this YouTube hole of, of Johnny Carson moments. He was on TV for so fucking long that every superstar, like that's the thing, is that he was like the 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 arbiter of stardom. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if you were a, if you got on Johnny Carson, you were fucking famous. Well, that that's actually the the whole cliche moment. If you were a comic and you came out on stage and he called you over to that couch, yeah. you were essentially mate. If yeah. he called, not only just getting first getting on Carson was career changing. Drew Carey talks about that. Uh, that moment where he's like, the next day I was woken up with offers yeah. and tons of shit, and he and he had a great set, and Johnny Carson was dying, and he calls him over. The show you could watch it online, yeah. and that like that could make or break your career. You ever see Stephen Wright's 
Ah, uh, it's one of my favorite like moments ever. Is like Stephen Wright goes like Stephen Wright had only been to a comedy a few years in Boston. It was like the big Boston scene. Yes. So like the and nobody respected Boston at the time. So like Stephen Wright gets chosen to be on Tonight Show. He does his set. And meanwhile, all of Boston is watching, like, cheering on Stephen Wright, like, there's our boy! And then, like, Stephen Wright ends the set, he basically is standing ovation, and Johnny Carson, like, calls him over, and you can see Stephen Wright's face just go from, like, hey, this is great, to, holy shit, he fucking called me over! Yeah. And he just, you know, he makes his way yeah. over, and then, like, he does, like, two or three more jokes, and just fucking destroys, and it's like, oh, man, sits fucking... Down. Yeah, I mean, that was... And getting the okay, that was also the the universal, yeah. like Johnny Carson would give you the the, yeah. the, the the okay sign. Like all of that stuff, what is the equivalent of that now? There is nothing. There is nothing. I mean, I think it's because comedy is so oversaturated nowadays. That there's so many different venues and outlets and stuff like that. Between YouTube and Vine and Instagram and so many different TV shows. But I, th- I also think that he was cut from a different cloth. Maybe because I I know there is an oversaturation. There, I mean, everybody has their own portable studios now. You got we're YouTube, literally everything. recording on one, correct? <laughs> but I mean, if you look at him, he started in broadcasting. He was he was doing original bits. He was talking to pigeons live on the yeah. air, talking about political corruption when there was nothing. That, there was nobody around that was doing anything. Was like it that. He used to go on like a up to like the top of a courthouse. And he would like interview the pigeons. <laughs> was this on the radio show that he had, yes. or was it like yeah. uh, correct? Yeah, he was just doing weird he, zany he, shit. Because he had started, he went. So he was in the uh, in the military. He was in the navy, right? Well, he started out like he started being magician. Is what he started out as as a before kid before he before before World War Two. Because he yeah, was, yeah, he was he... going to get shipped off to World War Two when we dropped the bomb. I, I remember that was the one thing I did read where he was like uh, he had started doing magic tricks outside of like uh, some some club. Uh, like a like, like a, a Kiwanis club like a Kiwanis or one club, of those yeah, places. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He started doing magic, and he always had uh, like a love for magic. You, like that was one of those things where, uh, and but then he, so he always he started doing this, and he always liked being the showman. Like he liked being the showman, and then he like uh, what I didn't know when I read was reading up on him is that he was doing all that stuff, whatever. Then he gets he enlists in the in the navy, and he goes uh, in the navy. He was a fucking undefeated boxer. Yeah, yeah. He was a fucking fighter. He, he fought, and then he got, and then when uh, he was uh, like the head of the navy, like the guy that's like the the highest guy in the navy, he got yeah. a chance to meet with him because he was intelligence. And the guy's like, uh, "What do you want to do when you get out of the navy?" He's like, "Oh, I'm going to be a magician." <laughs> and this guy was known for being like a hard ass motherfucker. Like the head of the navy didn't talk, you know take no shit from anybody. And he's like, "Do a trick for me," and he does a trick, and he gets the guy laughing, and he gets his head. He's like, and that's he says that that was one of the moments where he's like he made he realized that you can get. Whoever anyone yeah. can be gotten with either uh, some sort of trick or comedy or joke or whatever. So that, that like I loved reading that story where there's like this hardened sea admiral. One of my one of my that he did like a coin behind your ear and yeah, then the yeah, sea admiral's yeah. like oh my god. Somebody asked uh, Johnny Carson uh, why he got into comedy, why he got into show business, and he said uh, it's because I'm shy. And the person was like, "What are you talking about?" That's and he goes, yeah, yeah. "No, you see like." When you get on stage, you control the conversation. You control everything. Right. But if you're off stage, it's like it can go anywhere. So you you, you shell up and you don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. But when you're on stage, you're going, look at me. Pay attention to me. I control all of you. Yeah. I think it's a control shy issue. I agree with that. Oh, yeah, I that totally speaks to me that. totally. Yeah, entirely. Some of the best bits you could actually see uh, where people are impersonating. Like Dana Carvey oh, is yeah. impersonating um, – 
Johnny Carson, he's actually playing up to his shyness and how it's shown through on stage when he would put his hands oh, in his yeah, pockets yeah, yeah. and then uh, Mark with his cufflinks and he would sit there and fix his tie because he was really that uncomfortable. But at that point, he wasn't more in control. Yeah, correct. You, yeah, he would fidget more. Yeah, 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 yeah. correct. He was That's all nervous. Cool. So they, it was kind of neat to watch, but I mean. Yeah, like everybody has the, the for but that's the thing is I hope people really like remember or like you see younger people now who think of the Tonight Show as Jay Leno, they only grew up with Jay Leno and then they had Letterman. Even Letterman was no Johnny Carson. Yeah, he was a completely he also cut from a different cloth. But then, almost to the point where, are we remembering Johnny Carson as being this figure because he left? He just retired and he was like, yeah, I'm done. And he went out on fucking top. Like, he went yeah. he went out on top. Like Talk about other, going out on top. Like, Jay Leno has a new show on MSNBC. The car it, one? Yeah, Jay the car one. And it's like, like, Johnny Carson didn't do that. Right. No. He didn't come out with a new show. Like, he was he was done. He was done. Well, he was also, I hear, he, like, there's also rumors about him. Or not rumors. There's a lot of stories of him being an asshole. You know, like, being, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was just shut down. Like, he just didn't give a fuck. He was just doing his there show. There rumors of him being, like, an asshole or, you know, racist or whatever it is. Yeah. But, like, uh, but there's there's always that's that's an interesting thing to bring up in terms of like who your heroes are, because no one's ever a hero for like, I guess not no one, but like it's it we you're a hero for what you're known for, like look at Bill Cosby, yes, right, Ooh. right. So Bill Cosby was a hero to a lot of people. To I idolize Bill Cosby in terms of his comedy because that's all I knew. And that's yeah, all I'm people- so glad we knew, didn't do a Bill Cosby episode when we started. We, when we first started, wow. it hadn't dropped yet. We all this Bill Cosby stuff, and I was like, we were talking about who do you want to do as your comedic hero. I'm like, oh, eventually we should do Bill Cosby. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we do- yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, he raped <laughs> thousands of women, and we're like, we dodged a fucking bullet. <laughs> you know, and it su- it sucks because you can't like something that horrific. Like I can say I love Wesley Snipes as an actor. And I love Wesley Snipes movies because he didn't rape a bunch of women. He just didn't pay his fucking taxes. Yeah, tax evasion. It's also one of those things where it has to do with like he was known as like a misogynist, yeah, and a sexist and a racist. But it was also like he retired before two thousand, so it's like oh, back right. then it was like oh, oh you talking about Carson or, or Carson, Cosby? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like yeah, that's totally acceptable because like at the time that's everybody was misogynist and racist and, an, and yeah an i mean there was no the pc movement i mean and there were t- like there was the interview that he did with dolly parton remember oh, yeah, that yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. like look i, I would give a salary uh, my year's year salary, salary to just stick my head in there <laughs> and to this day i'm like yeah well all right you know <laughs> yeah and it got there's so many iconic fucking moments like we could not pick one like Last week we did uh, I love Lu- we did Lucille Ball as our, as a hero. I did it with Neri back in Neri Signs, you know from oh yeah South well. Florida, uh, and we were talking about um, our Mount Rushmores of of you know like the the top four you know the whatever the top four of what you would pick, and we were like, like thinking of I love Lucy episodes, and you could pick your four, but mm. in terms of like Johnny Carson moments, there are a million moments yeah. that I never even heard of that you could tell me now, and I'd be like, "That's the best one." Yo, did you ever, you ever see the Tom Hawk one? Yeah. Oh man, that was where he like, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Tonto. Yeah, the guy who played Tonto. Uh, I don't know his name, but they yeah. had him like it's like demonstrate tomahawk throwing, and uh, it's it's got it had the Guinness World Record whatever for the longest laugh on TV yeah. or something like that because he throws it. And it lands dead center on the guy's on the, the outline's crotch. Not not just on <laughs> the crotch, like right where the tip of the dick would be. Yeah, like wow. literally 
uh, like just tomahawked somebody's dick on national television. It's and so everybody, we, they couldn't stop laughing. Like they couldn't. It was like twelve minutes of the, just laughing. The best part was like everybody's laughing like crazy because like holy shit, we couldn't plan this. Everybody knows we couldn't plan this. Like Johnny Carson makes him calm down for a second, goes. Oh, I didn't know you were Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just like, oh, forget it. Yeah, it's crushed, gone. Crushed. It's gone. Yeah, that whole thing is, there's so many good moments. I think it's a moment like that where it's just like, he didn't plan that. He didn't, you know, he just naturally came off the top of his head, the improviser thing. Like, David Letterman said, like, Johnny Carson wasn't a, com- a stand-up comedian. He wasn't an actor. He wasn't, a- he was just Johnny Carson. Right. Like, when people say they love Johnny Carson, they didn't love him as an actor. They didn't love him as a comedian. They loved him as Johnny Carson. Yeah. Like, he was just a personality. Do you have a favorite moment? Do you have, like, what's the go-to Johnny Carson moment for you? I don't know, because what also comes to mind is he had so many favorite characters. That he oh, was. yeah. That's true. Even, even the Swami, man, he would keep bringing that back. Karnak, and he, would yeah, have, he would do Karnak with yeah, the thing. Exactly. Yes. I mean, yes. so it really, it, you know, there are moments and then there are characters, and there's so many different layers to Johnny Carson, and... To me, growing up, it, it, you know, the reason why I love Johnny Carson is like really dark, and I don't know if that's this is the place for it. Say whatever. The, yeah, but, uh, of course, this is the place for it. It's uh, your, no, there's no hero yeah, without the Frank villain. Zappa. Dude, yeah, the Frank Zappa, amazing. By the way, um, the reason why I love Johnny Carson so much. I mean, I grew up in hospitals. I had uh, many heart surgeries, and I would be left alone in this hospital bed. Because visiting hours would be eight o'clock at night. Your parents would Wait, leave. How long ago was this? Uh, I was a little kid. Uh, Four years old, nine years old, different heart surgeries the whole time. Jesus. So what did for, you have? Uh, I have to try. Yeah, I got to go get another open heart surgery. What I just do you found have? It. I have tetralogy of flow where basically like your heart's born upside down and backwards and like your ventricles and all. It's not there. They got to like make new stuff. Put a little green man in there. Got to get it work. Well, so, no, I'm a medical prof- I'm genuinely asking yeah, like yeah, a real Because oh, okay. I, I, I have a friend who was, whose kid was born with left hypoplasty syndrome where the, the left ventricle doesn't grow. I, I've had like where I I w- um, did cardiology things for for a hospital, so I would get flipped EKGs where the hearts all the internal organs are on flipped on the inside, the okay. hearts flipped then or a, the aortas flipped, then and then a, yeah, a tetralogy of flow patient tetralogy of flow. That one I don't know. That's what I'm yeah. Like. It's it's like uh, now it's not as rare, but I was one of the first in guinea pig guys that basically. They created some of these surgeries and said, well, we can do this, but it's either you're going to wake up or not. And I was lucky enough to keep waking up. And you were a kid. Yeah, and I was That's a kid. That's crazy. And the craziest part was I was left all the time because your parents had to go home and you're just laying there in a the hospital bed. So all you have is a little TV. So you had Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Carson. Carson. So, so Johnny funny. Carson was like the guy. And I, I told myself, oh, my God. And then if you want to go further, I mean, you had A&E's an evening at the Improv, Caroline's Comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. Hour. But Johnny Carson was with me all the time, every night. Night. And that's what made me able to, A, go to bed and, B, aspire to keep living because wow. I told myself, Jesus. you know, when I was that young, if I ever get old enough to be alive to be that age, that's what I'm shooting for. What was the uh... – because they would do a lot of topical characters too. Like he would do impersonations and stuff. There was a lot more of that than I think people remember. Yes. Like there was a lot of those, a lot of sketches on that show. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. I can't, like I'm, I'm trying I'm, – which There's is one with the battery, or which like, is why the, when like Jay Leno took over, like he started to do sk- sketches and characters and stuff, yeah, but then yeah. he just basically threw them all out and did like jaywalking or whatever. And headlines, he yeah. stole the headlines from everybody. And then, uh, but like Jimmy Fallon's bringing that back where he does the sketches and he does characters. Yeah. And Jimmy stuff. Fallon, Jimmy Fallon is more like Johnny Carson than Jay Leno ever was. Right? Yeah, yeah entirely, entirely, and and even uh, Colbert 
is doing that too. Yeah, yeah. Colbert does a lot of these like sketchy type things, sketch things where he's like a bigger, big, uh, what is it? Looking at stars with even bigger stars or whatever. Oh, yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah. laying on this fake grass field and like Tom Hanks is laying there and he's like, hey, Tom, what do you think? animals talk about you know like like weird questions and tom hanks is asking him questions you know it's like yeah and they're like it's really sketchy like johnny had all those like characters that you love like like the karnak i think was my favorite my favorite one karnak of all time was the you know he always put the envelope because he would read the answer first he'd read the answer first (laughs) yeah and then he would do the thing he goes uh (laughs) sis boom ba this is what it sounds like when a sheep explodes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is so stupid Boom, and funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a, there was one where I was watching it today, and I can't remember like half of the jokes, but it was going poorly. Like literally everyone was like, Ugh. they were not going well. And I was like, holy shit, man. He bombed. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. A lot of times he would bomb on purpose because he wanted to like have some remark or retort. Like he would like bomb and he'd be like, he'd pull down the microphone and be like, uh, let me get a price check in aisle seven. Yeah. We have a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are actually myths about that, about uh, some of his writers that they were talking. Um, basically, he would come out, write his show, do his comedy, but he would purposely put in there something at, like a bomb to challenge himself to try to bring it back. Yeah. And that, that was, you know, another part in of the, the monologue and stuff. Well, in the yeah. monologue and, and everything, even when the animals would come out. Oh, you know, that's with, classic. With, with oh, the animals are so they're, good. They're peeing on them. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And you know things are going to go wrong. And. That's what he loved the most. He loved that off the cuff. Oh my God, that just went red. And Let's go back to what you were saying when he was interviewing pigeons. That was for his radio show when he was in Nebraska, back. right, or something like that. Uh, yeah, way yeah. back in the day. That was he was his... born in Iowa, but he was basically raised in Nebraska. Well, he went to college in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then that was after after he got out of the navy. And then I think he got into the whole uh, radio broadcasting thing. I'm just trying to picture like I, I and and it says that he was like from a radio personality he moved to like doing like hosting TV shows or something like 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 little spots on TV like well this was like he was like he basically was there at the at the invention of television like television wasn't a thing like he was raised on radio and he started getting jobs in radio he, I think like he was friends with somebody's wife wife or something yeah. got a job on radio and then like the very first time CBS ever had the Oh, you're watching CBS News. Like, that was Johnny Carson was the very first person to say, you're listening, you're uh, watching CBS. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was literally there at the birth of television. Yeah, he was actually opening and closing shows, and they say one of his big breaks, I know you had Jack Parr, and uh, I'm sorry, I forget the other gentleman with the other Tonight shows and late shows. uh, Steve Allen? Yeah, Steve Allen, yeah. But one of them knocked themselves unconscious, and so they sent out Carson. Yeah. And Carson went out and did it, and then kind of instead of like you're <laughs> – he said that the person who got knocked unconscious was actually making all of his gestures. So we kind of like flipped it on the audience, and that's how they kind of like endeared themselves to, to Johnny. You know, Johnny made it all his own his first yeah. time out there. And and he also used to uh, open and close for uh, uh, Red Skelton. Yes. Oh, okay. And so that was Red Skelton. I mean, he Johnny Carson said like he got his comedy chops from like watching and working with Red Skelton, which oh, is like crazy because Red Skelton is insane. Like he's a very bizarre character. And- Wait, Red Skelton like from fucking Pete's Dragon and shit? Oh no, no, no! I'm thinking of Red Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> red button. You mean Red Fox, like red the, Fox? the black guy? Uh, yeah, he curses Fox. all the time. Yeah. Hey, that motherfucker. He went on the show. Elizabeth. 
at the big one. Come on, you dummy. You know, it was like the, he played like Crazy Hobo or whatever it was his character oh, was. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Right, he, right, 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 right. He made faces and stuff. Yes. yes it's yes. funny. There was an interview I saw, too, uh, where he had Jack Benny on the show and uh, on Tonight Show. And uh, Jack Benny was talking about how when he first met Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson was like, this is incredible. You're my idol. I look up to you. And Jack uh, Jack Benny was like, and it's so weird because at some point we switched, and now Johnny Carson is my idol. Right? How mind blowing is that to have your idol be like who idolize you? Whoever, yeah. like whether your heroes like Louis C.K. or Bill Burr, whoever it is, if that person was like, you're my favorite comedian. Oh, I'd lose to my you? Shit. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> but that goes to show how incredible. Johnny Carson was Jesus. That's why I think today. I mean, I God knows I love Jimmy Fallon. I, I'm I'm, I'm afraid to admit this. I don't want to watch Steve Colbert because I'm afraid I'm going to end up liking him as much as Carson. Oh I'm, really? I, yeah. I I, I don't want to do it. I'm gonna be it. honest with you. It's, I, it, I, I I don't know. It's uh it's I don't like his. It's amazing how much music matters because I don't like his band. Okay. I don't like Stephen Colbert's band. They don't seem to know. The right, like one of the things I loved Paul Schaefer and the CBS Orchestra because they would play like fun up everything. Had, yeah. yeah, it was it was important. The 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 New Orleans band that he picked, uh, Jean Baptiste and the yeah, I can't remember the name yeah. of the band. Uh, but um, the the problem I have with it is that they don't play like when the guest comes out, they don't play upbeat music. At one point, it was like a somber. I'm like, it's fucking sad coming out yeah. here, you know, like. No. Like, yeah, be because you're on TV. Because Johnny had Doc Severinsen forever. Was his uh, his dude? Yeah, uh, and he was awesome. He was great. Yeah, and he made a, he made a huge difference in terms of like how because there was a ton of musical moments on that show. Like when I remember one thing I I, uh, I, I saw on YouTube re- recently before we even talked about this was, was there there was an episode of the show where they were, had a, supposed to have a very famous pianist. Come on. And um, uh, in the middle of the show, like five minutes before they started shooting, uh, they got a message that the kid, the guy hurt his hand and he can't play. <laughs> and they were left without a guest. It was literally like right before the show, right before the show. And Johnny Carson was like, is there anyone in – who here has played piano? And they turned the cameras on the crowd. Who here plays piano? And then everyone's kind of – who's played piano for more than five years? And they went through and they went through. And then they get this guy. They're like, how long have you played piano? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to play. He, and he's literally in like jeans and like a t-shirt and and fucking flip flops. Uh-huh. And they're like, all right, here you have Mister. What's your name? And they're like, all right. And it was one of those things where I was like, man, this guy better be good. This guy better be good. He comes out there and he plays like Memory from Cats or something like that. Oh wow! And he is insane. He's a wonderful piano player. And he's just playing. Everyone's like, "Holy shit!" And wow. they and they're shooting him for exactly as they would the other guy. So like the cameras are kind of sweeping around him, really epic looking. And then they zoom down and they show him in the fucking flip flops. And he's, <laughs> he's like looking at the camera and he's kind of like mugging it up because it's what an insane thing to have happen to you. Then they like a month later or something, they invite him back on and they pay him. Oh shit! And he played wow. another song. Yeah, it was, and it was it was one of those things where it's like that motherfucker got on Carson. At peak Carson. But that also shows you how down-to-earth Johnny Carson was. Like, uh, everybody always talks about Johnny Carson's Midwest sensibilities, where he's like, oh, there was this amazing piano player supposed to come on, but, you know, there's probably somebody in this audience just as good as them. Like, right. he, he was so, like, the idea of celebrity, I think, was beyond him, where it was just like, if I, like, he would always have guests on that, like, weren't 
plugging anything. There was that like George something... Goebbels, like he would George Goebbels would come on. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's just some dude, just some <laughs> some yeah. uh, you know he would work the nightclubs or whatever it is, and Johnny Carson would bring him on. What? Johnny, jo- yeah, he had this. Yeah. Uh, he had this. George Goebbels was on with like Dean Martin, and Dean Martin wasn't plugging anything. Like they were just. Couple oh, dudes hanging out. Dean, like literally, they were gonna introduce this other guy. Yeah. And then Dean Martin walks out, and everybody loses their shit. And Dean Martin's like drunk as fuck. Yeah. And he's just like, "Aren't you supposed to ask me some like, questions?" Everybody was drinking <laughs> on the great. show. Yeah. It was great. Like, drinking, smoking yeah. on air. Like George Goebbels was sitting there with his uh, scotchies, talking to Johnny Carson, and Dean Martin sitting like on the other side of George Goebbels. And so George is talking to Johnny Carson, and the whole time, like Dean Martin is just like flicking his cigarette ash and George Goebbels' drink, and everybody's laughing, and George has no idea why. Yeah. And occasionally he'll go up to sip, and everybody's like, "Oh!" <laughs> but he goes, uh, "Everybody's laughing," and he like George Goebbels is like, "I don't know why is there." So he just turns to Johnny Carson, and goes, and one of my favorite lines of all time, goes, "Do you ever get the feeling?" That the world is a tuxedo and you're a pair of brown shoes. Yeah. And it was just like, that's one of the greatest fucking lines. And it was just like, and, you know, Johnny Carson goes crazy. Everybody's laughing, whatever. But it's like, that was that that old school sensibility Johnny brought where it's like, I don't care if you have a movie coming out. I just have you on because you're funny. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. And and I think I see some of, like, the problem is now you have a ton of, there's, I do believe there was a million people before the internet that were incredibly talented, oh, funny yeah, people yeah. that just went around their regular lives. Like my dad told jokes and my dad was a funny guy. Yeah. And I know plenty of people like, like who were the, they were the charming guy at their office. And it was like culturally like being funny was just being like nice. Like you were just, that's just what you would do. There was no benefit. Now there's a million people who are like, I'm funny. <laughs> And then they, I'm gonna build a YouTube brand, a Vine star. I'm gonna be well, all these yeah. things. And then it's like, oh wait, you skipped the most important part about it being funny, about yeah. it being charming, about it being endear. Anything, be be be. Yeah, someone has to be willing to listen to you in order for someone to be like laughing at you. You know well, what I mean? That, like, that's ridiculous. That's what I really think. Uh, why Johnny Carson was so successful because it was all just honest. Like you said, he was down to earth. The moments happened, and he let them happen. Yeah. He wasn't trying to keep building anything. He, hey, let's just do this. If you fell off your chair, then that became funny. If yeah. you didn't fall off your chair and we had an interview, we just had an interview. And that's what was so great about Johnny Carson. He was always in that moment. And he was always in this pocket of like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? But that's really smart, and oh, my God, that's hilarious. It was always a there, – there's that pocket he was in. I don't know. Yeah. I'd love the guy. He's he's. I, I I truly believe that he never thought of himself as the star of the show. No, oh, yeah. He was yeah, the yeah. he was the arbiter. That's why I say that he's the he's like, hey everybody, look at this amazing thing I found. Like he's like, hey, look at all this impressive stuff that I want you to see. I'm bringing it to you because I think it's great. Yeah, he would yes. always bring like uh like just weird things like uh the person who you know could fart with his arm or whatever <laughs> it was or. He could uh, sing a song, or you know, so just or like they would have the. Uh... Oh, do you remember the lady who had the potato chip collection? <laughs> and it was like one of one of the best moments to me was a uh, she has a potato chip collection where she would eat potato chips and she found one with a weird shape, it w- or it looked like people, like they it would look, like they look like celebrities. And yeah. so uh, one looked like a like a like a baby chick or something like that. And so he goes, uh, like she's talking to him, and he goes, what are those ones over on the couch? You have some special ones over there? And she goes, oh, yeah. And she, like, turns, and then he just, like, picks up, like, a regular bag of potato chips and starts eating. Like, and, and she he, goes, oh, no. You like, <laughs> you hear the crunching? And she's like, what? Oh, no. Oh, man. 
so funny. That my, one of my favorites is also like because uh, it's amazing how things played out. Like like that's one thing that people accuse uh, Jimmy Fallon of is that he's in everything. Like he wants to be like when they like he'll like when they did um, the thing where he plays. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Neil Young. Neil Young. And he does a, like a pop song as Neil Young. And then like Neil Young comes out and he's still Jimmy Fallon dressed up as Neil Young. It's like, you have him there. Just let Neil Young do it. Yeah. No, you know, you I, I get that though. No, I, I, get, that. I understand the whole point of it. But a lot of people accuse Jimmy Fallon of being fake in interviews and just being real. It, I actually don't think he's I don't fake. think, I think it is just, either. I like Jimmy did Fallon. Did you see him on uh, Comedians of Cars Getting Coffee? Yeah. Jimmy Fallon? yeah. He's genuinely. He's genuinely just a little kid. Like he's upbeat. He's yeah. super like excited to be whatever he's being, you know? He's like, oh, look, I'm doing this thing, you know? Which is like when, when uh, Johnny Carson first started and he had he actually had a show called The Johnny Carson Show. I think it was, was it that in Nebraska? Yeah, it ran for like about a year, year and a half. Yeah, like and uh, it got huge ratings in Nebraska and stuff. And they were like, oh, he's great. He's got this such a young youthful sensibility about him was all the reviews right and like and that's jimmy fallon i guess is these young yeah. no matter how old he gets he's still young and youthful jimmy johnny carson's the same way yeah see jimmy fallon's very likable and you know i i think he's really versatile too i just um i can't when i look at jimmy fallon i still see snl all the time yeah no matter I what you that. know it, it's, yeah. it's bad to say but i don't i, I don't understand know, but, i don't i i am pretty removed from that already but i can understand like Everybody sees him as being, you know, the the Boston guy, Tommy. Yeah. Who the fuck you? You are, you know, like, and he does that whole no ma, that whole that that guy. Yeah, I yeah. still see people do that. How people could yeah. see that, but I yeah. mean, Jimmy Fallon is amazing. He's a talent. He's he's wonderful. He's I, just, I love that. Uh, well, it reminds me of like when uh, Johnny Carson, like you could tell that he was he he didn't have to try hard because yeah. I remember he was he sat back and I remember he was interviewing Frank Sinatra. Like in the older, like Frank Sinatra's already a little older. This is probably like in the seventies already. And um, um, fucking Don Rickles comes out, and just Don Rickles just walks out in the middle of the fucking Frank Sinatra interview wow. and starts making mafia references to Frank Sinatra <laughs> on live television or national television, where he's like, "Hey, that guy, uh, uh, you know, some Italian name," and he's like, "Yeah, he's got two in a two in a head." He's done, you know, and like literally talking about mafia hits and shit, <laughs> like making fun of him, talking Italian, like like these Italian fake Italian words and whatnot. And everybody's listening. Frank Sinatra's like, "What the fuck is happening?" And 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 you could see like normally you kind of try to rein it all in, and Johnny Carson's just like leaning back, like, "Let's see where this goes." <laughs> or like uh, that's the same thing. Like Don Riggle, did you ever see the skit where uh, Johnny Carson's at some Japanese spa or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's getting like a like a massage, and then Don Rickles comes out and just starts massaging his back, and like they end up like fighting in the middle of the yeah, skit. Yeah, like they like ah! he, he like throws him in some you know the the jacuzzi or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and it's like yeah, hey, that's the willingness of just like you were talking about, just like go along. Yeah, yeah, let it roll, dude. And, he, and it was really funny because that's also the one where Frank Sinatra tells the the story. He's like about Don Rickles. Because this is where you feel like the real stuff yeah. behind the scenes, like where the friendships are and stuff like yeah. that come out. Because he's like, I was at a restaurant in New York years ago before Don was married. And he's at a restaurant and he's, uh, he's like, hey, uh, Frank, if I'm over here with a very pretty girl I'm trying to make out. You know, uh, Can you just come over and say hello on your way out? And then he's like, yeah, dinner's almost ready. He comes up to Don Rickles and Don Rickles, he's like, hey, Don, how you doing? And he's like, Frank, can't you see I'm busy? I'm here with somebody. And he's like <laughs> big timed him so hard. Like, I was like, and it's just a fucking like – one of those stories where you like imagine like yeah I hope that's like that's how it happened like Don Rickles constantly fucking with everybody Frank Sinatra being a fucking big movie star you know like you hear like you felt like 
Johnny Carson in the era of no internet and in the era of privacy, yeah. you had these the ability to that was your glimpse into who these people really were because you never really saw that anywhere else. No, he, he was definitely the gateway to the stars. He was your window. Yeah, and you know they'd come on and they tell some like later on yeah, he, like he was the everyman. And they, but not 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 just the everyman, but like the the like you saw yourself in Johnny Carson when he was talking to the famous he, people, right. right? And they would be telling a story about their behind the scenes life, or their personal life, or their family, and they talk about something where you're like, oh, I'm this is one of the only times I'm ever gonna see, uh, you know, this person as not a character. Now you see interviews all the time, yeah, the press junkets, and pre- and, all these yeah. podcasts. But before you would never see that. You would you, you would only see Mel Gibson as the fucking guy from Lethal Weapon, and you never saw Mel Gibson. The Jew hater. Yeah. Or I picked pick a big movie star name, but you're right. I could have picked the one that did not have. Uh, no, I, I can't. It's hard for me to watch Braveheart nowadays, where I'm just like, oh, I, oh, no, I, I hate Jews. I, don't care. I was at home after surgery, and Braveheart came on, like one of those cable. I love I, how you I just say a, that. I was at home after surgery it's, one time. Yeah. It's my usual. It's my MO, man. I know. It's so, so weird that the shit that you get used to just comes normal to you. Like, yeah. like, you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My heart was on the fucking table. I could look mm-hmm. at it, and I was looking yeah, over there like, hey, are they going to put a new heart Which, in Which, by the way, oh. Jay's having a surgery on Monday? Yeah. Oh, dude, they're sticking a camera down my throat and 3D mapping my heart, and then a couple days after, they're going through my groin with some really awesome, like, picture, like, bike brake cable, but, like, four of those <laughs> going through your groin and your heart. And then just to, like, check the pressures of your heart, they shock each ventricle just to see where shit's at. So that's... Uh, that is fucking cool. And then yeah. they're going to... Was it they're going to take your heart out or something? Yeah. Oh, and then I found out... <laughs> what is that? What yeah. a weird sentence that is. Yeah. Well, this is why Johnny Carson's fitting in all this. Because <laughs> when, when you guys said podcast, I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Thanks. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to mention Johnny Carson. Perfect. Maybe full circle. But, yeah, they actually have to go in... Uh, they open up my chest plate with an oscillating saw. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Gotta, that's gonna suck. Yeah. Then they, then they, <laughs> they, they scoop out with you know that organ that makes you hate people, your heart, <laughs> and then they cut it open. And then they, I guess, they snip out your valve. They put a new one in there. They sew it up. Oh, right. You're put having... it back in and poof, clear. And then they close you back. You're gonna up. be on bypass for a little while, no? Yeah, dude. That's total cool. machine in it, man. So yeah. scary. Man. So Suspended this animation. could be Jay's last podcast. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Man. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> a part of like, like I almost yeah, want to call. Be, you could be hanging out with Johnny Carson pretty soon, man. And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, is there anything you guys would like me to ask them? <laughs> well, yeah. What? What? Look. What? When the near death experience happens, because they're gonna fucking, you're gonna be dead for a little bit, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wow. Jesus dead. So this well, is whether uh, you come, you're like that's like that's there's a guarantee. You're they they can guarantee you're gonna be dead, but they're not. They can't guarantee you're gonna come back. Correct. But for sure, you know you're gonna die on Monday, dude. The best face, the best We're face, crazy. The best face you could ever ask someone is to look a doctor right in the eye and say, "So what's the success rate?" In their fucking Ugh. face, they're, they're just like. Uh, uh, and you start hearing all the backpedaling you could ever hear before. That is hard. It's like best card salesman ever. Well, the way your medical technology is nowadays. Oh, some margin of error. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer. Have you ever seen what dreams may come? It's all great. Yeah, so that's That is fucking insane. Yeah, well, that's why I've been there. I came to New York to check that out. And so I've been here... Seeing as many shows as possible, like a comedy drug. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, so what have just, you seen while you've been here? Man, just saw David Tell. Just saw um, 
Uh, Christian you were Finnegan. The, you, were yeah. you at the cellar? Yeah, I was at the cellar. I, I ran into Louis C.K. by accident with Steve Buscemi. Um, what? Yeah, it was crazy, dude. I turned around. These two guys were trying to get through. I turned around. I was like, oh, come this way. And it was Louis. I was like, holy shit. I was like, hey, Louis. He's like, hey. It was Steve. They walk away. Uh, saw David Tell. Just saw Judah Freelander last night. Nice. He's, which, he's great. Judah Freelander so funny. probably is A, number one funny. B, down to earth. He's the nicest dude. I, I, he didn't have no business talking to me. I was just hanging out, and I, he just saw me standing there and then started a conversation. Like, just because I was a person to talk to, I'm yeah. like, wow, uh, yeah, sure, of course. Or is that Eastville? Or? Yeah, at Eastville. It's just, that guy, yeah, he's a super nice guy, super down. Amazing guy. Um, uh, Michelle Wolf, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the writer really for, oh my gosh. She writes she, for SNL or? No, she, uh, Seth Meyers. Uh, Seth, Seth, Seth Meyers Show. One of my new favorite comics now. And I have to say, and I've always loved Godfrey, but Godfrey is fucking amazing. Oh, if you're going to go beast. see someone, Godfrey's a beast, yeah. man. Go see him. And so I've been ODing on comedy that way, and then I've been going to do some some shows. I've just been doing blow, yeah. and like just been doing a lot of shit to like be like, ah, fuck my heart, right? I'm going to do one on Monday, you know, like yeah. But I think that speaks to like the Johnny Gar. It's bringing back to Johnny Carson. So many comics broke on Johnny Carson. Yeah, like there was there was. Not just a generation, multiple generations of comics broke on Johnny Carson. Yeah. Where it goes... Like, Seinfeld, for sure. You had a Flip, uh, Flip Wilson? Flip Wilson? Oh, wow, yeah, you're going way back. Flip Wilson was one of the first dudes. Uh, George Carlin, Richard Pryor. Like, everybody up through Seinfeld and Drew Carey, uh, Roseanne, yeah. Joan Rivers... Uh, who? I mean, yeah, fuck, Joan Rivers everybody. got banned from the show. Yeah. Remember, she was going to take over for him. She, got she was going to take over for him, and they, but then she, they, she took a, a Fox. They Fox made a Fox the Joan Rivers show. And she took it, and then they were like, "Yeah, you're never coming on the show again." Yeah, bye, bye. Wow. Yeah, but going back to Jerry Seinfeld, they say that his breakout um, set on Johnny Carson is actually studied as the piece of perfect comedic timing oh, and a oh. perfect set as a comic. It's like a college that. course? Yeah, yeah correct. There's Just a college like, course on comedy? Well, wow. yeah, there's, I guess, a lot on uh, theater and comedy, I guess, is one of the side sets. Sure, sure. And uh, One of yeah. my favorite things... Oh, I'm, you, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, because uh, I love how in the, zeich, like, in the social eye he was, He when uh, The Simpsons did an episode where Krusty retires... Remember when Krusty, yeah, Krusty yeah. goes through and retirement? Johnny Carson actually made a guest Johnny spot. Carson was on the show for like two seconds. Like he just made a guest spot. And uh, and Krusty the Clown had his like final episode. And uh, they go through a lot of stuff. And it was just so funny when you're watching the Krusty the Clown one where you're like, oh, my God, man, there's a lot of cool shit that Johnny Carson did. Because you could see what they were mirroring and they were making oh, fun yeah. of him. But they were or making fun of the idea of the whole big retirement thing. Like he's fucking been on the air. Since forever, you know, like they show like the old episodes of Krusty. It's funny, but like then yeah. you they, you think about like the old episodes of Johnny by, Carson, where it's by like the seventies, he was the biggest name in television, and name. then he still had twenty more years. Yeah, he had a thirty-year run. Yeah, I'm thirty-five. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I'm gonna turn thirty in December. Right. So yeah. It's like I'm my whole four. life. What equals that to him? His, not just being on television, show. being, being a the fucking king of king. king of television. And he went out in the nineties. He was still the king. He yeah. was still the king. He by far the king. Man, 
What a what a what a dude that guy, and then and then there's the whole the whole like um, late shift they did that the, uh, like the, all the crazy shit that was going on behind the scenes when he was going to retire and they were going to give it to Letterman, oh, yeah. and then Letterman was just assumed, and then they gave it to Leno, and then there's like a huge problem and all this ordeal. Yeah, I mean that was uh, Leno's agent was the one who like got Leno the because Johnny wanted Letterman to take over, right? And then Leno's agent. Like had NBC by the balls. I pretty much got him to change it. Well, they they say that uh, Johnny Carson, you know, was kind of vocal about uh, David Letterman being his actual successor, and proof to that is he actually used to write in jokes to Letterman. Yeah, and Letterman had a uh, a whole, you know, uh, there was a show fax on. number. Yeah, and he he, he did all of uh, the bits that Johnny Carson wrote in on it in one episode. Just just. Did what? It. That's a dope. I would love to find that. Yeah. So, I, in fact, I'm going to go home and check that out. Yeah. Where, where Johnny Carson had sent a bunch of stuff to Letterman. Yeah. He used to write for him all the time. Just send in stuff. And Letterman used to use that stuff in monologue all the time. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Letterman always had that uh, fax machine or whatever that you could send stuff to. Where if you wanted to write for Letterman, you would send jokes. And if they used them, you would get like a couple bucks or whatever. It was like 50 bucks or something. Yeah, it was something like that. But, and you could just send in jokes, you know? And that was a long, like Ben Schwartz, like uh, the guy who was on uh, Parks and Rec, his, his, his Twitter handle is rejected jokes. And he would, and he had, like, he, that was a thing that he would do, that he would just constantly send jokes to, that was his Twitter feed for a while, was just jokes that he would send to Letterman for Letterman to use. That was how he kind of, what you started using Twitter. And he'll tell stories about like, yeah, he was like, I would send stuff all the time. You know, it's fucking Letterman writing Letterman. And and I can only imagine the shift. Because you remember everything that happened with Leno and Conan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I can only imagine, like, Leno being like, oh, fuck, I got to do this again. You know, like, be, I got to be the bad guy again. <laughs> you know? Like, it's almost, it's, it's unfair, but it was like, like, that you think about all of that crazy shit going on behind the scenes. And then you wonder, like, man, Johnny Carson did that shit for 30 years yeah that's, that's why I, it was interesting i saw an article the other day where it was talking about like you know women in comedy how come there's no women oh right night. the late night and so it got like a list of like 30 women i think it was ranging from very famous to nobody knows who they are right. and they were like would you host a tonight show type show where it was on a major network would you do it knowing all the craziness that goes on and like the most famous people were like no i would never do that right and then, there, you know, a few, like, middle people said, yeah, I might. Probably not, though. And then, like, towards the bottom, most of them were like, yeah, I'd fucking do whatever. Right, yeah, but, give me uh, an opportunity. For the majority, I would say a good, like, I don't know, 80% of them were like, no, that's way too much shit. It's a lot of stress, you know? I mean, yeah. it, it takes a crazy person to do that. Like, the, like, like um, uh, Colbert had John Oliver on, and they had a really interesting interview where they were talking about how John Oliver only does a half hour a week. Yeah. And he's like, he, and that's why it's so good. That's why it's so good. And then it was like a weird, like there was like a weird tension of like uh, him having to do an hour every night. And he's like, yeah, I don't want your job. I don't want to do that. And he's yeah. like, it, it, John Oliver, you know, was like kind of poking fun at it. But it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, you have to be nuts, like John Stewart, because that's who, that's who a lot of people were talking about. Who should take over Letterman would have been John Stewart. Oh yeah. And then you know Colbert was of course the John Stewart alternative. I don't know. And Craig, well, what's his name? Craig Ferguson. Like he, he's like, amazing. He's Craig a, Ferguson is amazing. He was destroying it. He yeah. was fucking amazing as the late night talk show host. And then like when his For contract late, late ended, show. he was like, "Yeah, I don't want anything. I'm done." 
Yeah. And so he quit. And like, if you saw, if you hear him in interviews right now, he's like, that was the worst thing I ever did. Even though he was, he got famous off of it. Even though he made tons of money off of it, he was like, "Yeah, I wish I had never done that." It, Why? Why did he say he never done it? It's, he said it was. It just destroyed his brain. Oh, like it burned him out. It burned him out. Yeah. yeah, they they say you know even John Stewart, he had to do an hour that whole night. You know, he had writers. He had to. When Johnny Carson did it, he had to do a new fifteen minute set up front every night, and as a comic. How long does it take to yeah. do fifteen minutes? Yeah, I a mean, new fifteen minute monologue every single the day. The monologue was fifteen days. minutes. Fifteen I don't minutes. I remember it what, being that long. Neither do I, but that's what I had read. Uh, they clocked him. It was like a new fifteen minutes every every set. Maybe, maybe they just like edited it down for TV yeah. or something. Yeah, oh yeah. right, yeah, maybe, the yeah, new yeah. fifteen minutes. But every like day. those writers must that, have been to that point. Johnny Carson was notorious for taking time off, where like he would go like. You know, one week a month, he like he wouldn't be there. Right. So right. he would have fill-in guests. Like or they, Joan they Rivers. Would either, and... They would either rerun old episodes, or they would have David Letterman come in, or they'd have Jay Leno come in, or they'd have Joan Rivers come in. Or I remember as a kid seeing that there was a guest, and I'd be like, "Me, I don't yeah, want to watch yeah, this." Click. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Click. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Ed McMahon would host it, or whatever it was. Ed McMahon. That's right. Ed McMahon. Wow. That what what a what a cushy job that guy had. <laughs> Just, I mean, Ed McMahon stood it up for every co-host, like Andy Richter, or uh, I mean, even you could say like uh, like Jay Leno didn't have one, but like Kevin Eubanks was pretty much. Mm. Yeah, Kevin Eubanks had uh, was an odd because it wasn't Kevin Eubanks the whole time. It started with uh, Branford Marsalis or so, the trumpet player uh, or a saxophone guy. Remember, correct. there's another guy. Yeah, and uh, then uh, he was like a jazz musician. I think it was not Winton, Bradford Marsalis. He was a because Winton is the trumpet player. He was a saxophone player, I think, and um, and then I guess at some point it just switched off, and then Kevin Eubanks became the the guy, you know, the host, the the musical guy. Yeah. And uh, but he was always in on the sketch, and much like uh, Conan O'Brien had Max Weinberg. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. had a third guy because it was him, Andy Richter, and then Max Weinberg would fuck around. Which is exactly like Johnny Carson used to do with it was Johnny Carson, Ed, Ed McMahon, McMahon, and Doc, Doc Severinsen. Doc Severinsen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it, yeah. Like you listen to the show. Also, I will say that like I was watching uh, like the vi- the videos and stuff. The music would kick in for like when like someone would walk out or some there would be something going on. No, the in betweens, and it sounds like a fucking first class orchestra. Oh, like it, it sounds like a first class huge band, Big and band. they were playing like amazing music. Now nowadays the Roots is by far the best band on oh, yeah, night television. You can't argue with you that. You can't argue with that. There was the whole uh the the Max Weinberg and the Max Weinberg 7. Yeah. They were great. No, no, no. They were a great band, but there was like a super specific small thing. Yeah. Then there were even Kevin Eubanks whatever. My there was Arsenio Hall at a, at the time in the 90s was the competitor was the Fox yeah. competitor and they had the band and then the Dog Pound. <laughs> yeah, that was like, but it was it was literally just everyone trying to gimmick their way to compete. But with. I think that shows off like uh, Johnny Carson's like early startings in radio because it was like where the announcer and the band came in was like, oh, here's the big band, the band's playing on the radio, and then Ed McMahon was the guy going, and here's your host. Yeah, and here's but then Johnny. Ed McMahon, like uh, if he was on the radio. Johnny Carson talks. He's the main guy. And now let's go to commercial. Then Ed McMahon would be there going, try Alpo Dog Food. Alpo Dog Food is the best dog for you. Right, right, right. The also, we're sponsored by Crest, blah, blah, blah. And even in the early uh, Tonight Show episodes, 
Like, it would be Johnny Carson, then it would cut to Ed McMahon was on the side stage. Reading a commercial. And he would be there going, blah, 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 and here's the type of dog food you can buy, and this and that. And he would hold up the products. That, and that's we, why we just, Ed McMahon was on the show. We just talked about that with uh, I Love Lucy, because one of my favorite episodes, when we did uh, Lucille Ball last week, one of my favorite episodes was the Vitamita Vegemin, when they would show, you know what I'm talking about? Where they, where she's... Um, like we need someone to do the commercial. We need someone to do this commercial, and then she—they're like, "Oh, we'll just get." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lucy does it, but then she starts trying to do the thing, and she drinks it, and it's like, "Oh, it's all yeah. fucking taste." And then she keeps drinking. The thing is that it says alcohol twenty-five. Like it's all booze. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. Just, So she's literally reading the commercials live, and I'm like, "That's something that no one alive, like no. no one really kind of has had that real experience, except for just recently." Yeah. That started to happen again with product placement. Yeah. And they start jamming it down your throat. Like, all of a sudden, you know, they're like, everybody drives a Honda in this show. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone, they show, like, you know, like they're planting comedians in cars getting coffee. Acura all over yeah, the place. Yeah. They plant yeah. an Acura. Hey, what's that over there? It's a product placement. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, but, but yeah, so it's stuff like that. It's like Ed McMahon is just, you know, that, that part of his job got phased out and he yeah. was just Ed McMahon chilling there. Yeah. Like, what he, a great he had, gig. Yeah, it's such a great gig. It's with Doc Severance is just chilling there. They yeah. you know, play music or whatever it is. Like Andy Richter, like on on Conan right now. What's the like? There's no reason <laughs> he needs to that. be he's, there. He's yeah, he's. The, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he is. He's their announcer. He does the announcer, and then he also does like other sketches, and he writes on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's a UCB guy actually. He's yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's he, one of the founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like oh, wow. theoretically, like if I was like a corporate guy, I'd be like. What's he do? What's what's the point of this guy? Yeah, we could have somebody off air doing the the announcements. What are, what are you talking about? Right, right, right. I don't know, man. I, well, it's interesting because okay, look, we got to wrap this up. So let's say we have Johnny Carson. You're asked to take over for the Tonight Show. Uh, they just pick some random asshole off the street, and you're that asshole. <laughs> and uh, you get to pick first of all your sidekick and a band leader. Who do you pick? Yeah. Uh, sidekick? Yeah. Old? <laughs> First of all, you could name like a buddy if you want. Who, who of your friends do you think, or who, what comedian do you think that you know personally would be fun to host with? Also, celebrity, like who would you be, who do you think, r- random celebrity, anyone, they have to say yes to be your sidekick? Wow, that's a, that's a big one. I If I could pick anybody, not, not, not my buddies. Sure. Just anybody just to crack me up while I'm doing this show that melts my brain every day yep. for 30 years, I would have to have the old Eddie Murphy by my side as my psychic. I know you that sounds weird. old Eddie Murphy. Yeah, old Eddie Murphy. Young, young Eddie Murphy. Young Eddie Murphy. Like you know homophobic like, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like back in the like day. Like super. Yeah, like, like, like way back in the day. I know that sounds weird, but I think he would offer me uh, some mental stability. And the band, I don't know who I would have other than um, I would bring back the guy who used to play the saxophone for uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, Gene Smith. Uh, yeah, Gene, yeah, that guy. No, no, no. Jimmy Smith was the, oh, uh, was, the guitar. was, uh, was the guitarist. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Lenny Lenny Pickett. Uh, yeah, Lenny Pickett. Pickett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I bring him back with his band original. That would be my band. Ooh, that's, Ooh, that's, that's a, a solid, solid choice. band choice. Yeah. Fuck, that's good. Yeah. How about you? Uh, for co-host. You better I would say me. go you with. Better say me. Sorry, I'm gonna go with Nigella Lawson. Who? She's a celebrity chef. Man, she makes some fucking oh! awesome. Man, <laughs> fucker. Because you know You're every day. Cooking segments on your show every day. I go for like Nigella Lawson or like a barefoot Contessa. <laughs> oh, you know, ah! 
<laughs> you know who'd be solid? Mario Batali. Mario yeah. Batali. No, Anthony Bourdain. Somebody like that. Like he'd be, He's like the best of both worlds because he's smarmy and sarcastic, but he could also throw down in the kitchen. So you'd have Anthony Bourdain be your, your, your sidekick. Yeah, I'll go somebody along those lines. Somebody along <laughs> those lines. That's so funny. Because you get the food and the snark, which would be great. Just, just a lot of talking shit about people while you're eating fucking... Uh, oh, wouldn't that be great? Just the talk show where the entire time everybody's just eating no, food? No, I don't want to watch people eat. That's the worst. Me? How great is that? When you're all at like a diner or something like that and you, you that eat the food best. together? I would like to watch... Like, Okay, there used to be that show on IFC called Dinner for Five that uh, John Favreau would do. Uh, I, I don't fucking think I ever saw it, but show. I always I loved to. that show. You can, find that the, you can find some of the episodes on YouTube now. And as far as band, man, let's go uh, Monster Magnet. Hmm. <laughs> Did you just randomly select words in your yeah. brain and you're like, oh, those, those are a band? You don't know Monster Magnet? I know who Monster Magnet is, but it's Space sounds, Lord? It sounds like you're making it like you're just like, <laughs> what? Hey, these are Monster Magnet. Oh, fuck, that's a band. Good. Yes, I got one. Actually, if I wanted to, it'd have to be something more like poppy, I guess, because that's yeah. what people like nowadays. I don't know. I'd bring back Kevin Eubanks. Why not? Kevin Eubanks. They'd be like, hey, hey, Kevin. He's proven. You like knock on his dumpster and be like, hey, Kevin, you need a job? <laughs> You want a home? You want to live in a home again? Shut my lid. <laughs> no, he's a, he's actually a really fucking super talented guitarist. I could go like a Joan Jett or somebody like that, like a like a rocker. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, classic, but you know knows the, knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, man, I still can't. You blew my brain with that fucking SNL band. That's great, Dude, man. That, that's such the a old solid SNL choice. band, man. Was it? God, that's such a good fucking choice. Yeah, Fuck, know, if you man. get Lenny Pickett, I'll get G G Smith. I'll get G Smith. G. E. Smith. Just don't go with Max Weinberg, man. I do not no, like that guy no. personally. That's because you're anti-Semitic. No, no, no. Ah. I, met, I met him a few times. Really? Yeah. With, was he was he playing with Bruce Springsteen or was he? Uh, yes. So still... uh, in leagues far, far away. Uh, my family was his personal chef back before his uh, manager Terry McGovern died. Uh, long story short, we would cater uh, his concert at Madison Square Garden. Oh. His concerts. And wow. Everybody was really super approachable. Max Weinberg, and don't talk to him. He won't talk to you. Wow. And he's, that part, was my, he's, probably, he's, a, he's, he's part of the E Street Band. So yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, well, everybody else in the E Street Band was great, man. Clarence Clemens. Uh, uh, oh, uh, dude, yeah. Dude, he was amazing. Uh, Stevie Van Zandt. Everybody was awesome. Hey, how you doing, Jay? What's up? Fine. Max Weinberg did not want to E Street Band. E Street Band is going to be my fucking band. Okay. Boom. I'm okay. taking E Street Band. Not not Springsteen. I just want the fucking yeah, just band. Just the band. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Who, and whoever replaced Max Weinberg. Dude, you know what's Max little... Weinberg is in the E Street Band. I know, but it, like not, not if I find I don't want an asshole. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Max Weinberg. You know what's a little But I want sad, the E Street though? Band. I was just in Seaside Park. Don't whisper. You're on a microphone. I know. Sorry. <laughs> come out no, either way. But like, it's almost like I want to hush hush this shit. The fucking E Street Band plays the Seaside Park Boardwalk every Saturday in the summer now. Wow. What? We got to go to Jersey, bro. They, at the fucking Aztec. Ugh. Like, I, I know so many dumb bar bands that have played there. If you can hook us up with e tickets Street and shit, band? let's let's go. I'm totally right, done to man, go. I guess. I mean, it's just like sad. <laughs> I mean, if you survive yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah fine. Cool. Monday, Monday. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd definitely take... Uh, so I'll take the E Street Band. E Street <laughs> Band, I think, would be a solid, good fucking awesome band. As a sidekick, I would have to go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Al Roker. <laughs> Al yeah. Roker, oh. because I want to be funny by comparison. Like I don't want to ever look. You, it's either me or this guy. You know, I just keep him as a threat to be like, look, if you guys want me out, uh, you're gonna get Al Roker. I think you can have too much Al Roker, though. No, no, I watched his. Guinness Book of World Records, 38 hours straight 
weather cast that he had. You watched that? Dude, I fucking <laughs> live tweeted it. And on top of that, he had, I live tweeted every different kind of jerky that he had because he had beef jerky just to keep him awake and all the salt. Yeah, because he's he's also yeah. has that that, sh- that show yeah. where he barbecue show on Food Network. So he like, had like know. salmon jerky, turkey jerky, every jerky in the world. So he had like a hundred jerkies, thirty eight hours. But they forgot to turn his his mic off one time. No, and he went in and he took a piss and he was farting everywhere. That's I, I don't awesome. even do this over the thing. And he came out and then you hear the phone ring inside the center and you literally hear the lady. Oh, oh, his mic was on. Oh, okay. And you hear hang up, and then you hear your mic was on in the bathroom, and they they did the like the uh, the old um, what was that from airplane or something? What was that with um, Liam Neeson? Not, not uh, Leslie uh, Nielsen. Yeah, remember that? It's the, the, the same thing, man. So That's Al awesome. Roker would be an awesome. I'm choice. taking Al Roker, man. Don't 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 fuck with my Roker. Al Roker. I'm gonna tweet him like, hey, I'm I'm you're my guy. If I ever get a late night talk show. And I need a sidekick. I pick Al Roker. Al Roker's shit. Yeah, man. He's seasoned <laughs> TV veteran. He's got connects with the food industry. I got the E Street band jamming out. What? Right. what? Come on, brother. Right. You got you. Which one was? What did you say? Oh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Dude, I don't Young, know why. Raw in the leather, Eddie Murphy. In the, in the leather, Eddie Murphy. Oh, plus oh, he's got uh, his own distinct like Ed McMahon had his own laugh. Like Eddie Murphy's got that. Uh, uh, oh uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, well, yeah, I also yeah. want to give him a chance because Eddie Murphy back then in the leather in the leather would probably be making fun of himself now like he used to make fun of like Danny and Terrio because like right now Eddie Murphy's doing reggae with the Snoop Lion and like you know Eddie Murphy would be making fun of himself like, what are you gonna do man are you gonna do reggae like I could hear him saying these things That's so, nice. so I want to give him like a redemption and so he's got to start off as a sidekick. Look, man, we're not here arguing your choices, all right, buddy? You can, you can pick whoever you want. This is fictional. No, this isn't like, you know surprise, many, we you know, got you. You know how many medications I'm on right now? A lot for the heart thing. Yes, a lot. So I'm on Xanax and all kinds of other stuff. So that's you, have to keep, you have to keep it all down? You have to keep your heart rate down? Oh, dude, yeah. So, it's so you can't do coke. Dude, I'm trying so hard right now to keep the vibe up. It's crazy. <laughs> that's it's awesome, insane. man. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, so all joking aside, I hope everything works out great. I really pulling for you. Thank you for coming on yeah, our show and having me, man. picking a sol- such a solid hero, Johnny Carson. Yeah, and we'll and- try to have the uh, episode up before uh, you know. <laughs> Dude, just don't play this. <laughs> I don't want it to be a memorial episode. Yeah. This is so weird. This Actually, is so weird. Maybe we should like hold off for a little bit. Just the uh... and we'll, I'll record. Look, what I'll do is I'll record two intros. <laughs> one of them in memory of you, and one of them you pull <laughs> through. Let's uh, why don't we just do it right now? Or, uh... Uh, right, right, right. So, right, so uh, we already did the one in case he lives. In case he lives. <laughs> so and they were like, the, uh... so so Jay, any any last words to leave behind the gra- from beyond the grave? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, not really. Yeah. Don't get stuck in this situation ever. And uh, when people tell you, no, you can't, that's when you should go and try to do it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's words from a dead man. They got to mean something. He's dead. All right, everybody. All right. <laughs> We're just going to pick out It's a happy two. ending. No, but gen- genuinely, I, I mean, I hope you do fine. It looks like it's going to be a... a a super cool thing either way like the, the, you're gonna be i hope afterwards you, you, you're not like uh like Cripple. too too no 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 too weirded <laughs> out by it to look at the, all the stuff that because that science behind all of this shit is yeah. amazing that sounds you know crazy. Be great is if you woke up and you had like a glowing circle in your chest and you're like <gasps> you have your own arc reactor in your chest like, <laughs> like, like your Tony, iron man Tony stark and shit <laughs> 
Dude, that would be so dope. It would be good, but with my luck, I'm going to end up with like some fucking, I'm going to be stuck in a wheelchair like that. Hello, how are you? Like that. No, you're going to be with the car battery, like the <laughs> original Tony Stark, <laughs> the, the, the fucked up in a cave Tony Stark, not the fancy rich Tony Stark. You're going to be like carrying around a fucking battery. Like, ah, oh, God, somebody got to crank this motherfucker to keep me, <laughs> keep me alive. I'm going to be one of those shitty memes where somebody puts me in, like, some crappy Superman outfit. It's like, oh, look, he was handicapped, but everybody thinks this is cool, and that's what... That's it's going to be, like, you and Topher hanging out. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. God, that is it. inside baseball. Don't explain it, because that is inside baseball. Hey. I, like, I like how it's inside that. But he's, he's uh, no one listens to this anyway. All right. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Jay. Uh, pulling for you. Hope uh, he'll, this will be up and you can listen to and, it. Thank uh, you for picking John Cars. <laughs> thank you for being here. And uh, is uh, social media, is there anything you want to plug, social media or anything otherwise? Uh, yeah, man. JRisk.com and ComedyCulture.net. And no matter what you do, listen to this podcast, man. Uh, both Mike Markadal and my good friend over here, Mr. Will Watkins. Awesome guys, man. Uh, thank, thank you very much you for having me. Yeah, enjoy your time in New York. And... Uh, just remember to go out and be heroic. <laughs>